the Podfix Network. Welcome to the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk films and everything. <laughs> Filmmaking. From indie films to studio films and everything in between. How to make them, how to get them made, and how to try not to, Fuck it up. in our very humble opinion. I am Giles Alderson. I'm a writer, director, and a producer. And you are Dom Lenoir, writer, producer, director. Director question mark. Were you yeah. unsure about this now? Have you produced too many movies? I was thinking about the age-old conundrum of like giving too many like bows Adjectives. in your hat. Bows in your feather or no, that's not the one. Wait. Uh, Feathers in your bow or feathers yeah. in your hat? That, yeah, that might be it's it. putting the cat yeah. among the pigeons. This to say you're exactly. not a director. Yeah, on the show, I'm very today. much a director. <laughs> You are a director And Winter Ridge is out now Go support Dom Go watch it It's cool On the show today We have the fantastic directors And actors And writers Jim Cummings And PJ McCabe Woohoo they are the co-directors, co-writers, and co-stars of the Beater Test. Beater Test. The Better Test. Beater Test. Beater Test. It's brilliant. It's such a Jim Cummings movie. Now, what I mean by that is, if you haven't seen Thunder Road, then you're an idiot. The short film is one of the best short films you might see around. It blew up about three, four years ago, where Jim Cummings is a police officer at, I think it's his mum's funeral. The Thunder Road song, sung by Bruce Spring who actually gave him the rights to it and loved uh, Jim's weird little face uh, and just said yeah yeah I'll let don't, you we make all. It. don't we all don't we all and then he went on to turn it into a feature film called Thunder Road after that he made the studio movie The Wolf of Snow Hollow and he's come back to his indie roots this time co-directing with PJ McCabe the Beater Test Beater Test yeah we dive deep into the differences between studio and indie film and the differences he had there the issues you might have had when you're suddenly doing a studio movie for lots of money they talk about acting and directing and how they did it. They talk about references, the pictures they used, how they got the funding for this movie. And they also talk about lenses, what lens size they like to use the best. Uh, and how Jim edited this film and sound mixed it, he learnt to do this, on Adobe Audition. They also talked about film festivals and making your day on set. It's an absolute treat. It's a doozy. This is Jim returning, the returning legend, the indie film legend who you should all aspire to be. And PJ wasn't in his PJs, but he was amazing. And he also had so much to say about the indie filmmaking world. And this is his debut directing movie. Uh, it's brilliant. And it was our first face-to-face -face interview oh. for very, very long time, actually, pre-COVID. Yeah, literally years. And, and it used to be so much fun to go into a studio and you'd have like the PR people there. Sometimes <laughs> you'd get some biscuits, you know, I don't know. Sometimes yes. they went crazy. Yeah. Uh, and you'd, you'd look you'd look the filmmakers in the eye. And I missed it. And we are a little giddy. I totally forgot about that, Dom. You're right. It was our first one for years. And we are a little giddy at the beginning. Bear with us. We all do talk all over each other. But as we're doing now. <laughs> As we're doing that, but we haven't learned. <laughs> no, we haven't learned. But because we have, we're not on Zoom anymore, everyone had a microphone, which meant you can't edit out someone on Zoom. If Dom talks over me, which he does all the time, I just cut him out. And rightly so. Toby, a brilliant <laughs> editor, rightly so, cuts the idiot out. When you're in you. a room with people. Charles is the idiot. 
you can hear them in the background if you try and cut them out. You just hear yep. them talking over someone else. So bear with us because we're talking over each other. But Dom Lenoir, famous director that you are, giving you the turn back. Um, how are you? I'm very good. I'm 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 in the enviable position of being incredibly busy, um, <laughs> which. <laughs> 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 I'm in the enviable position. What the fuck? That was amazing. I really enjoyed that. I spat out my orange juice. <laughs> you did. I, I saw it. It was like it was almost like slow motion. It's great that there's 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 multiple things sort of going on in the background. Tumbled through a very exciting but challenging shoot, Giles. Uh, and yes. uh, yeah, I've been at film festivals and you know producing stuff in the background and you know meetings. You, you know how it is. Uh, and it's just been it's just been busy, uh, and I think the whole industry is incredibly busy right now. And it's it's amazing that it seems to be everyone is you know getting back on their on their feet and going out and making stuff. I think it's a great time for filmmakers right now to get out there and do stuff. There's been no question about it. It is busy out there. Things mm. are happening. Jump on the coattails of people and get involved now. If you're just starting out, perfect time to be a production assistant on these movies on the TV shows they're crying out for people get involved yeah three day millionaire that I've now finished a uh, week yeah there's no question about it it was a tough shoot but I mean joyous now you've you've had time away from it and you, you miss everyone and you miss making a movie mm. and I, I, you know we're now sorting out the post stuff it's very exciting but yeah it's it's hard there's no question about it producing movies is ridiculously hard and you need to, you need eyes everywhere to make it work it's um there's no question about it i'm gonna dive we'll dive into that i think jack spring the director springs into action springs into action says that we're gonna do a little podcast together coming up a little chat about what we went through so hopefully it'll still be raw and that'll all come out because there's a lot there's a lot to learn i learned a lot in the meantime we're jumping into wolves of war edit so my war, world war ii film starring rupert graves ed westwick matt willis uh i'm jumping into that now properly because there's a full assembly done so yeah it's exciting times now we start working out what's next and I, and I will say some exciting news the US travel corridor has finally opened uh, which will open on the 8th of November yes. which is fantastic news for a lot of people not for our film when the screaming starts because mm. it means none of us can actually go out for the two amazing festivals that we have been selected to except for our lead actor Jared who's based in the States because Damn. we're playing at Telluride in the glorious mountains right now which I'm incredibly jealous of and then we're in Utah for Film Quest which we all also can't attend so good news for you not so good news for me but if you're anywhere near those festivals do go support uh when the scream starts is ace is ace fun it's a brilliant cool horror comedy uh speaking of film festivals i was down at the london film festival this week what did i watch i watched uh, kenneth branner's belfast thank you tony cook i really enjoyed seeing it and i enjoyed being around people and i enjoyed being in a huge cinema went to the after party as well of course i did and that was fantastic another film festival coming up this week is the london sci-fi film festival mm. and the other movie i produced called repeat richard miller's epic sci-fi movie is screening premiere the london premiere it is on the 21st this thursday in the evening do come along links are all over my social media but hey if you're around in london come to the sci-fi london sci-fi film festival and come support repeat it's brilliant it's a great movie and also come along to see alice eve's new film 
which I did my first ever solo interview with Ooh, for the podcast, which will be coming out very soon. And it is called Warning. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's opening the festival. So hopefully you can watch both films. There you go. London Sci-Fi Film Festival. The Hollywood actress Alice Evie's on the podcast coming up soon. Dom did his first solo interview. Hopefully he did really well. I've not heard it back yet. Uh, so yes, that coming up. And also myself and Dom have just recorded an episode with uh, Axel Carolyn. Uh, she's going to be on next week for you talking about her brand new film the manor it's a co-production between amazon and blumhouse it's cool as hell it's part of the welcome to the blumhouse series of new horror films and axel has just recently directed american horror story on tv she goes in depth about that that's coming up for you next week it's halloween uh, literally coming up it's the perfect time to go watch the dare if you haven't so a little plug for the dare it's just been it's a year Literally today, yesterday, since the dare came out in the UK. Happy Halloween! You have no excuses not to go watch this movie now. It's Halloween. I think you can probably find it free somewhere, but it is on Sky Movie still, and it is on Amazon Prime. Love you guys. But now, sit back, relax. What else should they do, Dom? Uh, relax more. Don't relax. Go do something productive as you're listening to this. And this week's filmmaker... Take, take some coffee, be unrelaxed. <laughs> <laughs> With the fantastic PJ McCabe and Jim Cummings. Enjoy. This is the first sort of in-person interview. Really? Since lockdown. Oh, no way. The maiden voyage since yeah. lockdown. Wow. This is great. It okay, feels cool. weird. I'm honored. It is. Yeah. I feel like a chimpanzee. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to do so. Yeah. It was so bad. When I first got back um, from quarantine, I had to act in a TV show called Dave. Uh, mm, it's brilliant. And it was it was such a funny thing because it was the first time I was around a bunch of people again. And I didn't know how to end conversations. So I would just go, bye. And then <laughs> bye. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just wait. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, or end it like a phone call of like, okay, yeah, great. Okay, bye now. Take care. <laughs> Like, it's cool. so, so uncomfortable. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah. So I'm going to walk over Bye. here now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's really hard, like, because it's, it's a habit you have to build over years. Because it, yeah. it's, it's always awkward ending a conversation, especially if it's with a stranger. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, you, you, I mean, you've got the code red ones, like, oh, I, I'll go to the toilet. Then you have to actually go to the toilet to, to leave <laughs> yeah. the conversation. Right. Exactly. Yeah. If, if, like, exactly. a subtle abort isn't going to work. <laughs> I think it's hilarious that we've we got so used to the Zoom things and we can write yeah. notes. Yeah. But you not wear trousers. Not wear trousers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I found really strange is you'd have have to keep looking into people's eyes. If you notice, we're yeah. all kind of doing it now, yeah. like you did on Zoom. You'd sort of stare into that. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, yeah, yeah. Should, we, should we try this for the whole time? Just yeah, just <laughs> just look at each other. It's weird. Yeah. 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 Weird. Right. Wow. It's proper the better test, isn't it? Or the beta test? How do you pronounce it in America? In America, it's a beta. Beta. Beta, beta. beta test. Beta test. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's an absolute pleasure to have you, uh, PJ and Jim. Jim, you've been on in the past. Thank and you for having me again. It, you were in London. And we were in obviously London, but yet the timers didn't work out and we had to do it on Zoom. So I've never actually met you. But until you came now. until now. And you came on our clubhouse rooms various times. That's right. That's right. And we chatted away there and it was really fun. I hope great. I don't let you down. <laughs> no, you never let us down. It was yet. great. <laughs> yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the beta test, right? Beta you know? test. Yes. Wow. I loved it. Oh, good. Okay, cool. I really good. loved it. And I also enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. We fooled both of you. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah. He liked it. Mixed feelings. <laughs> Mixed <here>. feelings. <laughs> all right. <laughs> it was fantastic. It was. Okay, oh, good. thanks, guys. Yeah, good. Cool. No, I loved it. I loved the intensity because, it, especially in your previous films as well, with that real intensity, that on edge, what the fuck's this guy going to do yeah. all the time? Even from the word go, like the, the first scene, like, you know, there's a woman looking out on the balcony. You just don't know what's going to happen. And there's this tension. You, but it doesn't make sense and you're like not giving the audience the answers and then you do you drip feed it yeah and, and you just, all the way through you're just like 
you know, is it gonna is it gonna relax? And then you get a, a slight reprieve, and then it's back into the okay, cool. intense psychological okay, cool. chaos. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't really stop. It's, no, yeah, yeah. we, we kind of intense. It's yeah. really intense. Forcing the audience to pay attention. Uh, and from that opening scene, so so the, the film opens with this really graphic murder in Swedish, and it's really funny to get up on the microphone and say uh, say, hey, it's a comedy. Uh, enjoy <laughs> the film. And then and then it starts out in Swedish, and people in the audience are like, am I in the right fucking movie? Like, is this is <laughs> yeah. this right? It's really funny. Yeah, I bet because Swedish as well. What why? I mean, I throwing it in at the start. Do you, do you not like Swedish people? <laughs> we wrote the film, and it was supposed to be Italian. It was, it was. Uh, we wrote it, it as like this Italian couple, and um, and we've been watching all these giallo films from back in the day, a lot of like early Dario Argento, and so much of the violence in that sequence is inspired by giallo films. Um, and so we wrote it as Italian. I speak a little Italian. I was like, oh, this could be interesting. And then we met Malin Barr, who is Swedish, not Italian. But I was like, oh, Malin would be really good. And then she said, oh, my boyfriend's also Swedish, and he's a very decent actor. We should try it out. And so it's her boyfriend, Christian uh, Hilberg, is the co-star of the film. And they're a real couple in real life. And so, and they're the loveliest Swedish people in the world, the kindest, actually good friends of ours. And so the whole time we're watching this couple murder each other, we're <laughs> laughing. Like, like, we're just like, yeah. I can't believe it's working. I can't believe people are believing that this violence is happening. And people in the audience are fucking horrified. They're like, oh my God. Yeah, it's like, about every screening we're in, in the just opening laughing. scene. Jim and I are in the back just like giggling. Even, and everyone's just like, oh my God. God, this is so graphic. We're like, yeah, that's funny. It's to, like the most know. graphic murder in any movie, I think. We just like brutalized this person in the opening. So you're like, the audience is like, what am I watching? It was literally serial killer levels of like, yeah. you know, the entry wounds and like the way it was done. There was something yeah. like really just yeah. horrible to watch. Right? A lot of David Fincher inspiration from okay. that sequence. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, yeah, why do I think it was important to show other international couples, uh, you know, that these themes of lying and cheating and infidel, I mean, that spans all cultures and all yeah. that so especially yeah, sweet I, I think yeah especially sweet yeah. don't get me started on the sweet right everyone's gonna think we genuinely have a problem with yeah. i love sweden yeah. Yeah. yeah we do i love sweden yeah. shot there many times i fucking love sweden okay, yeah. good, 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 good. but yeah we're, we're filmmakers as well and me and dom actually separately have just wrapped on yeah a feature film each separately i finished wow. two days ago oh, one wow. day ago yep. and you wow. I, so my congratulations head's spinning yeah. right now yeah. i'm Fucked, Do you honest. have this yeah. thing? So when I finish a film, my fiance has to convince me that I don't have more shots to get in the middle mm -hmm. of the night. Yep. I wake up and I'm like, oh, I still <laughs> have these three shots. Yep. And it's literally every night I go to sleep and I wake up and I'm like, oh, I still have these three shots. I gotta get these three shots. And she's like, you don't have those three shots. And there were times when I'm so cognizant of it, yeah. but I'll walk into the bathroom to pee and and I'll say, I gotta get those three shots. And I know Julia told me I didn't, but she has no idea what she's talking yeah, about. Exactly. <laughs> she's like, oh, she wasn't on set. It's yeah. so messed <laughs> yeah. up. Your brain is screwed yeah. up for the next it's several trauma. weeks. It's it's basically trauma. Trauma. I, yeah. I screamed out in the middle of the night. I think maybe the third. <laughs> Daddy! Daddy, where's my daddy? That was just true, true, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true story. That's, that's um, all the time. Though, after yeah. my debut movie, I literally, for must have been about two months, did that. And I'd wake up sweating, full cold sweat, and go, the bed's in the way. We You've got to move. In Germany as well. Yeah, yeah. You've got to move the bed now. Get out of it. What are you doing in it? We've got to get the shot. And it was horrendous. It just doesn't leave you, does no. it? So I'm in that zone right now. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Sorry, zone, but yeah, I know. It, yeah, I mean, but at least you got it done. And, yeah, and when in waking life, you're not. You don't have the shell shock. Of, yeah, of I was very relieved though. I mean, yeah, yeah. I was just like, wow, we actually got that crazy thing because I mean, it felt so daunting knowing we had to shoot all this stuff and it was such weird things we had to shoot. So yeah, there's a sense of relief. I don't know for sure. Uh, for my first feature, it was just nice mm. to be like, wow, we actually yeah. got the it. The thing that I've noticed that helps is having the script, a copy of the script that you can do like a yeah. sharpie cross off of the scenes that you yes. do, and uh, it's like, right. okay, yeah. cool, I only have these yeah. left. 
Oh. It's actually a cleansing of the brain. Yes. Yeah. It's like a list, isn't it? Like yes. Lists are so satisfying, even if it's a never ending list. Yeah. It's yeah. like, well, I've done something. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And you can cross off the things that you've done. It's exactly. very satisfying. Yeah. 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 On, the, on, on that debut film, and I wish I'd still done it, is I did a, a video blog every night. Mm. Oh my God. It's great for behind the scenes as well, but just explaining what I'd done, what went wrong, what I needed to do tomorrow. Oh, cool. And then I could sleep. This was, still, this was Nervous I Breakdown 342. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do, people don't go into this enough about how much of a nervous breakdown you can possibly have making a feature film. And afterwards, it's it's traumatizing. It really is. So so for The Wolf of Snow Hollow, mm. I can actually speak to that. This is a confession. But like, <laughs> uh, we got it greenlit before the script was very good. I had written the script before I had written the feature of Thunder Road. So I wasn't a feature, a feature filmmaker by the time mm. I had written the script. You've learned. And then they were like, oh, werewolf movie? Sure, you're greenlit. And I was like, Oh fuck, now it has to be really good. Yeah. And so then I, I literally yeah. was up for three weeks. I like couldn't sleep for three weeks because I was like, this is the I have two million dollars had to make this movie. That's so much fucking money. Yeah. I have to it has to be very good. It has to be very good. And so I wasn't sleeping. My fiance wasn't sleeping. I was like taking out a cabin in Virginia to write this fucking thing. And then after <laughs> the movie, we shot it. And uh, some of the scenes weren't working together. Was, uh, the, the studio was pulling at the threads of the sweater, like sh moving scenes around. And I'm the writer, actor, and director. And when the studio head says, oh, this should move around, he doesn't get made fun of on Twitter for no. the movie not being no. dead. No. Nobody knows that guy's fucking name. So no. it becomes this identity crisis of like, you're the lead actor in the film. Mm -hmm. People are gonna make fun of me on the internet. And I was like, it has to be really good. And so it becomes this huge, I'm happy with the movie now. I'm very happy. I'm, yeah, uh, I, I think the movie's dope. Um, but, but at a certain point in the edit, like it's not, it's not working and it's not good. I'm not good. Mm -hmm. And then you have all of this self-doubt and inadequacies. It's fucking brutal yeah, on the you brain. You brutally stressed it was over bad. that one. Yeah, and, and, and I there watch, for it. Yeah, and I was just, and, you know, where you were writing this and other stuff and he was just losing his mind in the post-process. And we watched cuts. I mean, like, dude, this movie's great. It's it's a lot of fun. Why oh, are you freaking out? That and sounds were, very nice, PJ. Yeah, it was a very nice experience yeah, to watch the again, You're right. I wasn't the lead actor on that, and I got less to lose than yeah, you did. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. You got to but, dick around on set. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It is frightening. There's no question about it, and no one really realizes. It's like you say, execs will come in and go, just change that, or just switch this up. Or, this is my identity. Yeah. yeah, and you're the one who gets the shit. And yeah. It was like being at school again. You're like, you've got your pants down or something. Exactly. And someone's mocking you. It's <laughs> not it's <laughs> the same thing. It's the same low of the brain that gets hit. And also realize that's what the film is about. Yeah, it's yeah, true. Exactly. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I have to take my clothes off in this film and yeah. it was fucking brutal. brutal. It's like, but it's that same feeling of shame and like, oh no. And it's 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 all of this horrible cacophony of identity crises and Pants real nervous breakdown. PJ said uh, Jim was going crazy over it, but it is true. Like that's a, that's a nice catchphrase, but like to actually feel like you're losing your mind and your mm. grip on reality, it's so brutal. Do you, do you do you feel like that's that's also in part due to the kind of film that you're making? I mean, like you know, let's go, let's go back to yeah, the, the current the current one. Like your your character, you know, is so highly strung, so wired, like so toxic in, in a way, yeah. and under such immense pressure in, in his character. Uh, I mean, it's a brilliant kind of allegory of like you know the American system. Um, yeah. I, I guess like of where it's where it's gone and maybe where it's heading, and like a kind of an ironic look at it. But I mean, as as an actor, like how how do you does that does that kind of influence you like in in the filmmaking process like is it, is it difficult to kind of be in those shoes all the time i mean really i this is the hardest i've had to act in the movie because like i'm not like i'm not like jordan <laughs> at all like it's, yeah. it's a very, it was a difficult performance of like i'm not like this kind of facade uh, bullshit person
person. Um, hopefully, uh, yeah, I, I yeah, say that. He's now. exactly uh, the same. Yeah. Exactly yeah. the same as the guy. Yeah, sure. You keep telling yourself. My that. other yeah. characters are so lovely, and they have like hearts of gold. Like I think in, my character in Thunder Road is a very nice guy who has good yeah. intuitions, and then Jordan Hines in the beta test is such a prick and like <laughs> and like just a failure <laughs> of a person. Just incredible, uh, like not likable, not likable at all, basically yeah. until yeah. he admits all of his lies, and then it's like, okay, good. I, I, that's yeah. why I'm sticking around. Sounds like this. the Truman Show in a way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so, so no, I, I feel like like I, I was most stressed out doing the Wolf of Snow Hollow because it was so big. With this one, it was very easy. Like I, because it was such a performance of like, oh, this isn't me. This uh, is a okay, guy. Separated from I, I felt free. Uh, yeah, nice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm, and same with you yourself. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like there was a lot of me kind of being the guy connecting to the audience. And it was yeah. kind of more, mm. uh, I don't know. I played yeah. kind of the more straight agent who was hopefully a little more likable. I mean, so it's sort of, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess in a sense. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I for this, it was fun because it was just Jim and I kind of playing off each other. And, uh, you know, kind of there was a little bit of our own sensibilities. But yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like for me, it was more just kind of playing more of the straight agent. Uh, yeah, we wanted to do that to, to have that dichotomy of like me being an absolute lunatic. And then when PJ says, "Are you, you're acting like a lunatic, the <laughs> audience is like, that's what I've been thinking the whole time. And so it's like <laughs> yeah, it becomes yeah. this payoff catharsis. And it's so fun to watch a movie, watch the movie with the audience. Cause like in the cinema, when PJ goes, are you, are you this is fucking nuts. Like it's happening. <laughs> yeah. And everybody the laughs. Is like, like, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it is. It is. I'm glad somebody said something. It's really funny. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that was so that wasn't because obviously you're directing and acting together yeah. in yeah. this film, yeah. and you're both playing you know lead roles. Let's say, yeah. Um, how was that? How do you actually? How, how let's go back a little bit. How did you? arranged to do that? Was yeah. that always something you wanted to do? And then how did it actually work on so, set? In the beginning, we just started writing it out loud like this. It was just like talking and bullshitting and a thousand conversations that, that made this Google document that PJ wrote of like what the scenes would be. And then mm -hmm. we organized it a bit and then we started writing it. But when we're writing it, it's all out loud. And so we were already directing the scenes, but it was just in the writing process. Mm. So it was like, oh, let's just fucking co-direct it. Like, let's just do it together. Why don't we do that? And I had never done that before really, but it was, I was like, all right, well, fuck it, let's just do it. And then it was just relatively easy to work together. I mean, we're best friends in real life and it was just kind of fun. It never felt like work. Yeah, there was never like a conversation. It was just, it just kind of happened fluently. We were just like, yeah, I don't know. Let's just, it's more just like co-creating this project. Yeah, among sculpting. Other yeah. yeah. And, and where, where did your kind of idea for this this come from? I mean, are you, are you completely sort of, I mean, the way the film sort of presents it, like you're kind of against like what the, what your character sort of stands for. I, you know, is that wholly yeah. against it? Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, wholly. is that from like all personal experiences or? Sure. Is, yeah. Okay. Let's, no comment. Well, let's talk about what the film is about, and then yeah. and then let's yeah, answer yeah, that sure, question. Sure, sure, sure. Do you mind just giving us a little sure. pitch? We'll play yeah. the trailer. So the movie the movie's about this talent agent who is going through hell, and he gets a letter in the mail. He's getting married soon. Um, and the letter invites him to a no strings attached sexual encounter in a hotel room. Uh, and he goes, just like this one. Yeah, yeah. Legitimately, we're sitting in a hotel room that looks a lot like God, the I one from the fucking film. Happens. May even be this hotel room. <laughs> and here we are. I'm just glad you guys came. Again. Got the blindfolds. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, no. So it's about this guy who gets the letter and he goes and it's incredible. And then he never gets another letter. And it kind of is this rabbit hole of him going down, trying to find out who would have sent the thing and who 
the admirer is. And then he kind of loses his mind a bit. And it's a bit like Chinatown. There's like this weird detective story. There's a lot of violence throughout the film. And all the while, his world is falling apart because the eight, literally, there's like the buildings are falling apart. Um, but the landscape of Hollywood is changing so quickly because of technology. Um, and we don't understand why until the end a bit. But it's, yeah, that's what the movie's about. What are we doing here? A couple of weeks ago, I got a letter in the mail inviting me to a no-strings-attached sexual encounter in a hotel room. It's pretty card, looked official. I don't know. I was stupid. I went. What? Dude, this is nuts. I'd wear a blindfold. But the woman... <laughs> I can't even tell you. Wait, what's going on here? Hold on. Wait, this is really happening? You really did this? In this climate? Honey, is anything going on? We're getting married in like six weeks. If anything was going on, I'd let you know. Now I'm suspicious of everyone. Maybe it's your wife. Maybe it's my wife. People are so terrified of stepping out of line. <laughs> Consequences won't go away anymore. Come on. Jacqueline, was I taken off of the email chain with Marvel? This is a failure. I can't use the language that I'd like to use to you right now because of the new direction that the agency and the country is going. I'm fine. Everything's great with me. This isn't a midlife crisis. I'll let you know when I'm having one of those. <laughs> hey, Jacqueline, perfect timing. So how are you gonna come in tomorrow? Let's call today a wash, okay? How are you gonna look tomorrow when you come in? How are you gonna convince me today that you're better at your job tomorrow? Jacqueline. I think maybe now is a good time we all take a break and, and reassess what it is we're doing here. I mean, I, I mean, I, it, it, it's such it's such an absorbing film, and it, I mean, maybe these are rogue references, but I, I kind of felt a little bit of the kind of Silver Lake vibes under the Silver oh, Lake, the Silver Lake sure. and, and a little bit of the game where it's like, where, yeah, he, game for where, sure. where he's like inside these kind of this world that just is is spinning out of control, and, and it's like you know, yeah. reality sort of crushes into fantasy. Yeah, uh, and it just becomes this kind of crazy roller coaster ride. Yeah, we wanted to do that. Like PJ's is a huge fan of Chinatown, and like th that that film is so this like singular thing of watching this guy figure out what's going on and putting things together, and it's fulfilling by the end of it. Like that's what a good detective story is, and so that's kind of the engine of the movie is the Who Done It and Who's Fucking yeah, with Me. We love the Fincher Seven Zodiac mm, type films yeah. and like these. I love noir films, and so it was kind of yeah. doing that. But I don't know. Let's do yeah, Goofy it's Chinatown. Like, it's like, yeah, it's like the game as an erotic comedy. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's another tagline to you. Wow. I should have just said that. Yeah. What's the movie about? It's the game as an erotic comedy. <laughs> yeah. I'm in. I'm yeah, in. Yeah, for I'd, sure. I'd sell that. And obviously then jumping back to that, I suppose Dom's question in terms of that character, he's an agent, mm. right? Yeah. You're he's mocking Hollywood in a way and mocking that lifestyle and, and it, not mocking it. Maybe that's the wrong word. You're playing into those characters. I'm describing it. Yeah. And it's, and it's, there's there's mm. a line in the film that we wanted to steal because of that of like, um, 
I'm not insulting you, I'm describing you. Mm. And these people mm. get so offended by that description of how they actually are. Yeah, it's not it's not necessarily an insult to Hollywood. It's just saying this is how it is. We did all of this fucking research. We felt like Woodward and Bernstein a bit of like interviewing people investigatively and getting testimony of what it's actually like in the fucking world. And and it's also comedy. So it's like it's basically the most humiliating experience of like like watching this film as an agent, it must be like that. It must be mm-hmm. um, the the ultimate humiliation, and it's great because nobody has ever done that before. Nobody's actually, apart from Robert Altman, um, attacked the people who are the powers that be. Yeah, you know, it's like it, people are terrified to do that. And we're like, fuck it. South Park does it. Let's just do it. And I love that. I love the fact that you were so brave with that. And I suppose Dom touched on that earlier about was this from experiences and obviously after thunder road and certainly you know trade sort of blazing this trail of indie filmmaker going fuck it this is what i'm doing yeah that's our fucking job yeah. Yeah. Independent right. filmmaker, our job yeah. is to say fuck hollywood totally. you know? like, right and, and it's it's funny that like accidentally we became those people yes that's what we want at the end of the film we want the film to be this kind of inoculation to people where they'll look at the film and say that's what a talent agent is which mm-hmm. is fucking hilarious mm-hmm. if that's the case yeah. um and that you can make a movie by completely circumventing the system you don't need these things like we we proved that we ran a WeFunder campaign we raised the funds entirely from strangers on the internet which wow. is incredible is amazing um, yeah. we raised well 350 done. grand uh we made the movie for 250 and we kept were the 100 i'm wearing a very nice like personal wages yeah, yeah absolutely. i'm wearing a gold suit actually for the people that can't see me <laughs> i can um, barely see yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah it's so bright in here uh no no um so yeah we, we were able to completely dodge hollywood and making it we made it entirely in secret we finished the film in my garage what we got we got uh <laughs> we got a 5.1 surround sound system from Guitar Center um, because they have a 45 day return policy and we mixed the film in 44 days. Um, it was amazing. It was it's like it, it, that system, it was it was how we had to make this film because the movie's about fuck Hollywood. We couldn't mm. have made no, it. But nobody was gonna, no studio was gonna no. green light this script. I mean, if we had no. gone around pitching this ridiculous story about the envelopes and everything it hated. It would have no, been a daydream and, and, and so many people it. fall into that shit. Like y'all mm. are making movies mm. and so many people, friends of ours, spend their whole decades of their youth talking about making movies instead of actually doing it. It's like, you can do it now. It doesn't have to be a Spielberg set. It doesn't have to be fucking enormous. Mm. You can do it with your friends in your backyard if you want to. Of course you can. But how how did you go from doing the, the two million pound film with Wolf yeah. of Snow Hollow to then jumping back down to sort of that indie film level. Immediately into a $250,000 movie. Um, as soon as Stupidly I realized, fast. As, yeah, as, as, right as soon away. as I realized I wasn't gonna have a final cut on the film of Wolf of Snow Hollow, I was like, oh, I, oh, I have to do something great. I have to do, I have to do another film. And so we immediately started the WeFunder campaign. We raised the funds. And so it was this weird overlap that I had of like delivering the film, doing the final sound design while yeah. we were gearing up to shoot uh, this movie. Yeah. It was it was not ideal, but it worked out. Thank God we did because we got it in right before the pandemic. So thank God we didn't push. It was such yeah. a dream we of doing to oh, have yeah. to have both of them. Where it's like, cool, I'm making one for them and one for me, mm. uh, and we got to do it together. And, and but it maybe was like, maybe there won't be one for them after this. I don't know if they will call us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, depends who they is. But yeah. the other thing is, they will. I think they will. And also, yeah. the cool people will. Like yes, the, 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 the people, yeah. the people will call it's us. It's a and joke. It's a fucking comedy. It's yeah. a comedy about face sitting. Yeah. 
fucking yes, such a humor. And yeah. they'll say, oh, it's not about me. It's exactly. the other race. Yes. Exactly. It's the other exactly. managers. But, but also, I think that there's going to be like studio executives and development executives who will ha have been waiting for this film for 20 years of like, I fucking hate this shit in Hollywood. And they'll be able to speak to us honestly in a way that they usually can't. And yeah, that's yeah. very freeing. I mean, it's, like, the, it's, the, you know, it's just it's the abusing people, isn't it? Like that, that, that behavior is becoming like, I mean, it should have been a while ago, but it's becoming extremely unacceptable. Right. And, and I think, you know, you, your film, what it does is it, it goes in, you've had little snippets of it and other stuff. You had like Ari Gold from Entourage and you had sure. like Tom Cruise from Tropic Thunder. But like, yeah. they're all like these caricatures and they're, they're in there for a split second and you, you're like, oh, that's funny. Haha, <laughs> moving on. This just goes in. This intermission was brought to you by Massive. Massive. Hey, Robbie. Hey, Giles. As we all know by now, Robbie has thankfully left us and joined a huge movie studio one which shall not be named that's not a thing. because there his <laughs> that's what she said there his horrible boss has tasked him with developing movie pitches so as always i help you out because i'm obviously ridiculously talented with this kind of thing of course, so yeah. um what do you need help with this week come on well you remember sprout boy well of course of course i remember sprout boy your greatest creation one of them but, i mean he's marvel they, they've come back to us they want more they want more sprout what? boy yeah they want... what do they want a sequel well exactly yeah sprout boy returns get in here's the thing mm -hmm. he needs a villain we need a oh. we need a villain character what is sprout boy's nemesis captain carcinogen <laughs> A.K.A. Frankfurter Man, previously known as Meat Boy, uh, and it, he's going around killing all vegetables, especially ones that make sulfur-like smells, and are hated by children. Wow. But really, they know they're good for them. So let's say Sprout Boy has opened up a new, I don't know, plant-based kiosk at a motorway service station in Peterborough. Of course, it's the next logical step for him. And it's there where Captain Carcinogen has started a riot by trying to deep-fry Sprout Boy oh, no. with chicken liver gravy. Oh no! But thankfully, Sprout Boy's car has a mind of its own and using non-aggressive, non-binary, non-dairy fuel attacks Captain Carcinogen I see what you did there with the car and a carrot and he places it deep inside him and he saves the day <laughs> This is great I mean, yeah Amazing I'm passing it on to my boss now He's going to love it. Giles, I don't know how you do this. You're like the script doctor. You're the script wizard. Thank you. It's amazing. I'm going to take this to my boss now. It's going to get greenlit. Sprout Boy 2 coming to a theatre near you. Hello, Sproutlets. I have a question, and my question is this. What's very yummy, wonderfully wiggly, and puts a smile on your face first thing in the morning? Sprout Boy 2. Carcinogenically modified for you. This Christmas. If you have a massive movie idea or any large files, transfer them with Massive, spelled M-A-S-V. Sending a large file with Massive is as easy as sending an email. Sign up for Massive today using massive.io forward slash filmmakers pod and get 100 gigabytes free towards your transfer. I can see more and more sequels sprouting off all over the place. <laughs>
and it's also in, endearing characters. It's, it's people afterwards were like, wow, that guy's cool. Like yeah. Ari Gold is like, wow, that guy's powerful. Yes. Yes. Exactly. It's so gross. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, and and, um, and we, we, just we wanted to do it. the opposite of Entourage. We wanted to make it look like the most humiliated Hollywood suits. We've even got a line in there about it as well. You know, you mentioned Entourage in the film, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. really funny. It's like you're playing <laughs> on that. Were you allowed? You know, it's those type of things. It's I, I love that. Okay, that's great to hear. So like as an audience member, it feels like they're getting the power back of like, if you're able to laugh at the film, um, you feel like you're more powerful than these powerful people, or these people that have been powerful for the last hundred years or whatever. And it's so great to be in an audience where they're laughing at that stuff of yeah. like, yeah, fuck, fuck Entourage, fuck these people. It feels like they're getting a bit power, or a bit of power back, and it's great. So yeah, let's let's go back to then. You've had this idea, and you've managed to raise the money yourself yeah. just because of the experience of the last film necessarily, or just because you wanted to get back to that indie filmmaking side. Yeah, you've now gone. Let's do this together. You've managed to raise the money real quick. How then did you go about shooting it? Because that's always the bit that filmmakers want to know. Raising the money is always tough, but yeah. you're in a position now where you could potentially do that. And also, how do you do it as a director and actor? Yeah. Like, do you take it in turns, look at the monitor? Like, how's that work? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, we're kind of all over the place. I mean, with the literally, duties, and like I mean, sprint, literally. sprinting. Yeah. Add, that, add that to the press release? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it was, it was great. No, I mean, obviously, you know, Jim was, you know, in front of the camera a lot. So it was nice for me to be able to kind of direct him behind yeah. camera and vice versa. But yeah, I mean, really running, I'm running around with the script, making sure like, you know, we have all, all the details right and everything. And yeah. He's running around talking to our, our DP, getting the shots all set. Yeah. And it's really splitting duties, kind of whatever needs to be done. Yeah. Suspiciously, it ran really well. It was, so like it yeah. was the same producers, uh, Vanishing Angle, who made my last two features and they're friends. And so we, we wrote the script and we raised the funds and they were like, well, give us the script. Let's let's start breaking it down. Natalie Metzger started breaking it down, doing a line item budget. Um, Benjamin Wiesner started finding locations was like very quick it was like cool i guess we're gonna make this movie in november you yeah, know it happened really fast it happened really uh, fast when we realized oh we have the money now we have to make now we it we have to do it which yes. is kind of scary because it was yeah. like dude what did we just write yeah exactly <laughs> now we have to now this, take all my clothes off is this is gonna be fucking yeah. awful many times yeah. yeah we actually have to yeah. shoot this crazy thing yeah okay let's see how it works but there's also that pressure though actually shooting it because it's yeah. all, there's so many filmmakers or filmmakers who want to make a feature who go i could do that why aren't i doing that give me the chance but when that chance comes to you it's fucking frightening yeah because now so. and you've said it as well I it's like it. you've now got to deliver like you said on wolf hall there's a lot of money at stake it's your yeah, reputation yeah. and yeah. same with this one you're suddenly going oh my god people are expecting something i could never work again this is frightening if anything this was I, scary because we had investors i mean this yeah. is mm. like this this film had to do well yeah. or we were never going to yeah, get yeah. another chance at this yeah, yeah so yeah. it's kind of this kind of was the beta test yeah of a project like yeah. the actual like process of making this and then i feel all of this weird guilt of like you know helming independent film that i shouldn't feel but like we, yeah. we did this we funder <laughs> and i was like this could be the future of independent film and so like i have i shoulder that fe that feeling i feel like i'm fucking atlas or something yeah right? but like but like it, it has to work because i've, I've spread the rumor that it this can work suck. it can't suck <laughs> no. it has to be very yeah. good yeah. and i want to make sure that we build a highway that is functional for independent filmmakers so they don't have to go through the same stupid fucking bullshit that we did for yes. the last 10 years yeah. Yeah. knocking on these like, giant gates and just praying to get a glimpse and yeah. it's like no you can circumvent that you you don't have to wait yeah for 10 years for someone to just read something that you wrote when no but one ever reads really anything. Good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really great. 
right yeah and just just do it just do it yourself totally yeah. don't wait and that's yeah. really nice that you guys have done that especially with all well certainly yourself jim with all those films and now with this with the beta test it's like fuck the system we're doing our own thing <laughs> but i love that's what we sort of throw some chairs out the window yeah, yeah. No, yeah. No, I, not this hotel it's actually just yeah. my car down yeah. um, but I, I, you don't I, have a car you got me you got me but that is, if that's what it's about in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I can afford right now especially after just wrapping yeah, a film independent film yeah, right, independent right. Film. but as independent filmmakers one kidney down too exactly the two, <laughs> two kidneys down yeah. there um, if that's what we have to do as indie filmmakers is to get out there and do it and fly the flag and it's something we always talked about yeah. on this podcast why we wanted to do this was literally break down that whole Hollywood system and say fuck that shit here's how we make films here's how you do it try and raise money however you can yep. and then go out and make the best film you can with the resources and the people you can and you've done that that's what's really interesting it's, it's funny I was talking to Miguel uh, Faust who's a filmmaker in London we hang out with him last night and he was telling us about people who make movies and the people who talk about making movies yes. and there are people who like that, that say they're a writer director not because they enjoy writing directing they just want to be a writer director um yeah. and it's a very difficult thing where like that opportunity that that fear that you talk about the fear of getting greenlit mm. where it's like you get greenlit and then you're like oh shit now i actually have to make the thing is the thing that people are actually scared of they don't want to make the movie they've been talking about for 10 years they want somebody to come along and do all of the hard work of producing it and giving them the money and call them a genius and it's like that's never gonna happen that is a daydream and i, I remember i saw Cresha, this film uh, by trey edward schultz in 2015 in in South by Southwest and he made it with his family for 35 grand in his backyard and it's a masterpiece and I was like this is the beginning of independent film for me like like you know Thunder Road cost 190 grand but there's a weird guy in Texas who made this fucking movie for nothing and made this beautiful human comedy uh tragedy it's and and anybody can do that like any like anybody who's who's building a startup company can raise 35 grand to make something or 20 grand or whatever um and that's possible it felt like it was the first time that it was really possible for everybody when I saw that film mm. and I think it is I think and we have like I say we do talk about this a lot and it's whatever you can get hold of and we say this to our listeners and we bang on about it go make your film make it happen and I love that this is what you guys have done here yeah you know the better test is I actually really love it I think it's That's fucking oh, man, I'm you so fool. Glad, yeah. I know. Gotcha. I'm a fan. Yeah. Gotcha. gotcha again. <laughs> gotcha. Um, but what you've done is really sort of you've you've done something. Very, it's very original. It's original and, and it's it, fascinating. It, it keeps you guessing. That's what I want to hear the most. Uh, saying this is like it's it's a very unique voice and it's mm. I want like people to go to the theater and see and be like I've never seen anything like that before. That was a no. weird one. Yeah. yeah. So I'm glad to hear you say that. That's it, good. It, it's it's rare to get a film where it keeps you guessing but it's not confusing. <laughs> okay. Like, yeah. which, which, right, I, think, which I think is what like Fincher does well with you know stuff like the game that I mentioned yeah, earlier yeah, yeah. is like you, you, you're desperate to find out what next but you feel like you're in a mystery it's not, not something that doesn't make sense yeah, yeah, yeah. unlike a Christopher <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nolan movie yeah, where yeah, you're yeah, going yeah. I really want to know and I still don't know yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry Christopher yeah is everyone still asleep or what's going on <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what Robert yeah. said when they were making Tenet yeah, yeah. yeah I want to yeah. know but I still don't understand what the fuck <laughs> is going on in this film. I mean I think I think one of the things that really keeps the mystery as well is like the humor is very understated like you don't go for like big laughs like th there are laughs there's only and one it, big laugh yeah uh, and it's when there's a moment where my assistant uh says this thing to me and then i'm questioning it in oh, this yeah, montage yeah, yeah. and i'm thinking <laughs> yeah. like did she actually say that yeah. and then at the end of the montage i go no she said it yeah. and then it just cuts to the next scene yeah. of me confronting her so and it's, it's like so ridiculous and so but it, immediately everybody in the yeah. audience laughs it was, yeah it, it's it, the it, biggest it, laugh of the movie it, it, it's hilarious but what i mean is it's, it's not like those sort of cheap like hollywood comedy laughs like where it's like yeah. we're making
making a joke. Like yeah, the yeah. characters, even you know, they were very serious when they're making the jokes. They're just they're themselves, but they're so ridiculous that I they're think, funny. I think that's what's so amazing about like media literate audiences. Like the like when you screen it at a at Fantastic Fest or something like that, um, a genre festival, audiences are perverts, but they also know <laughs> Fantastic Fest. Everybody, <laughs> the, the language of cinema, so that when you make that joke of showing my character in a full montage thinking about something to then end it with me going, no, she said it. They understand that like they're laughing with the writers of the film. It's not like yeah. they're, they're not really thinking about the characters. They're like, oh, that's ridiculous that they made the movie this way. You know, it's like it's a very special way to make movies. And you, I feel like you can yeah. do that. You can do that now. You can afford to be special. subtle and make a make a joke that is a meta joke about the film. You're laughing because it's satisfying. It's like a satisfying setup and yeah. payoff in the scene. And it's yeah. fun to see that as an audience member, be like loving the craft and the structure of yeah. the story and be like, it's working. I think it's why we laugh at like the murder in the beginning because yeah. they're like, You're like yeah. it's, wow, working. it's working. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, working. That's yeah. funny. It's it's satisfying. And, and the little touches like the teeth as well. He's doing it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's, doing, he's doing some. Like, I have very particular very funny teeth, teeth acting. Uh, yeah, yeah. I have very yeah, sharp teeth. Like, mouth good. acting. It's a bit Patrick Bateman, isn't it? Like from, sure. uh, from oh, American yeah. Psycho. Like, very much so. definitely got a bit of those metrics with the the, the sort of vanity. I think Patrick Bateman. Yeah, you know, Christian Bale plays a sociopath in that film, and I feel like my character isn't really a sociopath. I think he's just a liar mm. and i think mm. like like by the end of the film you feel for him a bit mm. like, he yeah, confesses yeah. to all these lies that he had uh, that he's doing so i think he's just like this facade of a person trying to pretend to be someone that he's not and so i think by the end of the film he's probably not I don't think he's a sociopath. I don't think he's a psychopath. No, I think he's I just, think like he's a, just a, a sad think, loser, a yeah, horrible guy. Yeah, exactly. So much to the point that you feel bad for him. You're like, yeah. oh, this dude. Oh. <laughs> like, you man. do feel sorry for him. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I was going more on the like the, the extreme self-vanity sort of oh, side yeah, yeah, things yeah, yeah, rather yeah. than sociopath. That's but, true. That's, but, that's, but, true. Yeah, that's part of the deal. Yeah, he's like, I gotta look Yeah, you gotta wear the suit. Yeah, they spend so much on dry cleaning. That's another thing, like doing the research, agents spend so much fucking money on like the private clubs that they have to be part of to be seen at like it's it is like financially it's a fucking nightmare they also have to work in beverly hills because that's where the top four agencies are costs a fortune. it costs a fucking fortune to live there yeah. and if you start out working at the top four agencies you have to start out in the mail room and then work your way up so you're working for minimum wage and living in beverly hills it doesn't make sense so no possible so no wonder they're so angry exactly because they have to get any exactly. kind of money to survive so exactly they're ruthless yeah we talked about earlier um the sort of directing acting side did and you said you know the the shoot ran smoothly. Let's talk about the process then of actually picking your shots, working with your DP and mm -hmm. together. Yeah. Um, had you planned that? Do you storyboard? Did you, did you just sort How of play does one on bro the direct? We didn't storyboard, we shot listed and it was really great. Uh, we did, we had this big white psych room and Ken Wales, our DP came in for like four hours and we just had this long meeting where we were talking about how to get the shots. It's like walked through the and whole he, script. He like just scene by scene. notes of like how many shots we're gonna have in each scene, what the setups were gonna be. And we laughed the whole time <laughs> of like how, how fucking ridiculous because we were like, that's brilliant. You could do it, you could cut the scene covered like this. Yeah. It was just this long form conversation that we had with Ken and he got it. He understood the jokes, he understood the language of the movie and he was a gaffer for 10 years before becoming a cinematographer. This mm. is his first feature as a cinematographer and I think we're gonna have him be our cinematographer for the rest of our oh, lives. Yeah. Like he's yeah. fucking unbelievable. We're told whatever you're working on, next one goes, you're quitting, whatever 
job yeah, yeah, you're yeah, on. Whatever bullshit yeah. you're working yeah. on. Yeah. I don't care if it's Marvel, you're coming on. Take that Marvel page. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. exactly. I don't care. Yeah. We're paying you peanuts. Shoot, yeah. whatever yeah, we're exactly. doing. We're, pay- we're paying peanuts here, guys. <laughs> but it'll be yeah. funny. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, it was it was a bunch of long form conversations. Then we show up on set and it was very fluid. Like I've I've shot movies before, short films and stuff as a cinematographer. And so we had this set of Panavision lenses that we got uh, as a grant from South by Southwest, from winning South by Southwest in 2018. Um, they let, yeah, it was great, $100,000 grant of gear. So we had what? Primo lenses, Primo cameras, Ooh. it was beautiful. Um, and there were times we were on set and it was like, uh, Ken would go like, what are you thinking, 35? And I'm like, 27 maybe, and we'll get a little closer. It was kind of this like- The 27 is a classic lens. It's, it's amazing. It's one of the best. Because you can get close on somebody, it's still a wide angle, but you get close on someone and it feels like you're in the room in a funny way. So like, we're always talking about that for like the scene, my favorite scene in the film is I think that's when, Deacon's favorite lens as well. I like yeah, it. Yeah, 27, like yeah, it. it's really good. Um, but there's a scene where my assistant comes into my office and uh, I'm like talking to her. It's like this kind of, kind of cheesy dialogue of me trying to be cool. And then she, the power dynamic <laughs> shifts. Uh, she says mm-hmm. the thing and it's really funny. But we shot it all on the 27 in wide angle close-ups like the Coen brothers. We didn't do cross curves. We didn't have over the shoulders or anything like that. Right. We just made sure the eye line was perfect. And then you feel like you're present in this. It feels yeah. like omniscient in this weird way. I love it. I want to make more movies like that. Um, but yeah, it was great. It was like having those conversations with him beforehand. When I would say, let's do let's do Coen Brothers close-ups on this thing, wide-angle close-ups, he knew what I meant. So it was like, all right, cool. I already know that language. He could speak that language very fluently. Um, it was really beautiful. It was, it was a, yeah. such a great, fluid experience making That's movies cool. with Ken. Just going hard, going heavy with the weird stuff. Like trying try weird, crazy, big red colors. I always wanted everything very dark and o- ominous to the point of, yeah. yeah you telling me, no, dude, we're not. Yeah, that's uh, We got to rein it in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, yeah. This like, is a comedy. In the mix, PJ would always go, more wind. More we got to put wind sounds. It's got to be big. I want to hear the wind. Storm, like, ominous, like, He like would, He wrote it up on the, on the board <laughs> the behind me. In the he was like, we need wind. He's like, that's the dumbest thing. Yeah. Like, we right, put wind okay. in. I put yeah. wind in. Yeah. Yeah. Wrote, yeah, thank you. Not enough. Not enough, but it's fine. I think the film suffers there, but that's all right. Oh, the next one, I'll have a lot of spooky wind. Yeah. Oh, not flatulent. Right. Sorry, the right kind of effect. And let's talk. Well, let's talk. It's a good bro elaboration. It is. Yeah. Oh my god. He's that's it. He's running with it now. It's just bro writing. No. Bro writing. So, and then so moving on to sort of you've shot it because obviously we could talk forever about all this stuff and it's great. But what our audience probably it's true. We could go on about the shooting side of it. But in terms of the post, in terms of that, yeah. you touched on it there. And in terms of selling the movie, let's talk about that because it's something that is, people can get out and make yeah. a movie, but then like yeah. I say, you can raise 35 grand and do it. But yeah. the hard bit sometimes is getting an audience getting it to see there. it. Yeah. So let's just talk about that a little bit. Touch on what your experience was there and how it was different from Thunder Road. And yeah, sure. well, did you have any challenges because of the way that you'd obviously, All it's of quite a confrontational oh, yeah. film. All of them. Yeah. yeah every, every, we had every possible chance. If you're making an independent film, everybody's listening knows that of like, it's fucking miserable. It's lonely. You're making movies, uh, trying to make your friends and your dreams come true. And it's, you have to carry that weight. It's fucking mm. awful. For 16 months, you're editing the film sometimes. Mm. Um, so we finished the film. Uh, I edited it for 16 months uh, in prem- in premiere. Whoa. Yes, I was the sole Congrats. editor on the film um, from home. PJ would come over and work on cuts. He'd like look over my shoulder and then the pandemic happened. And so then I would send him cuts or he'd come over, get tested and stay for a week and we'd do edit and stuff. It was great. But then we were going to mix the film and we wanted to keep the film as secret as possible before it was made more available. So we mixed the film in my garage and we took out, uh, we, we, got, we bought yeah, speakers from Guitar 
guitar center uh, for four and a half grand. And then we returned to them after 45 days because they have a 45 day return policy. Um, and we mixed the entire film in Adobe Audition. So not mm. Pro Tools because I don't know Pro Tools, but it's an incredible audio software that had just turned to be 5.1 uh, capable. Mm -hmm. So I think ours might be the first feature mixed there. There might be documentaries. I, I, might, be, wow. I might be totally wrong about that. But um, it was not ready to be mixed in 5.1 when we started, and then it became a much more soluble program. But anybody can do it. It literally comes with Creative Cloud, and it yeah. speaks to Premiere. So if you're editing in Premiere, I suggest everybody edit in, in Audition. It's amazing. Um, John Bowers, this sound mixer, came in for five days, and then I had you know 39 extra days to, to do little tweaks and all my crazy neuroses and stuff for the film. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we submitted it to Berlinale. It got in, mm -hmm. uh, which is insane. And then uh, it got into Tribeca yep. and Deauville and has been and kind of playing on the world stage. Places. Places. It played at like, yeah. you know, three of the five biggest festivals in the world. It's wild. It, it's insane. We were yeah. incredibly we lucky. We had no idea, like, setting this crazy thing out. And we we're, yeah, very fortunate to get the response we did. We're like, okay, maybe we're not crazy. That's good. Um, we weren't part of the digital programs. We only did in-person screenings. We wanted to keep the film as secret as possible. Yeah. Some of our research says that uh, when there is a digital festival or when films go out, there's like this illegal screener culture that happens in the agencies. And we didn't mm -hmm. want any of the agencies to be able to see it until the movie was out and they, wow. you know, everybody could make fun of them to their face uh, <laughs> instead of them, you know, trying no, to see it before it or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, then it was safe if, right. if, it all, if it all came out. And then IFC saw it at Berlinale and they said, yeah, we want that movie. And IFC has put, put out Itamama Tambien. They put out like our favorite, Death of Stalin, so our favorite fucking movies for the last 30 years. Um, and then my buddy Ben Wiesner, uh, who's a producer on the film, was also reaching out to foreign buyers and uh, you know, Bluefinch is distributing the film mm -hmm. in, in the UK. We have a French uh, distributor, but it was all through conversations on cell phones and laptops from going to film festivals and meeting distributors who are dope, who are nice people, mm -hmm. and uh, we trust with our lives. And so it was just this kind of 10-year experience of making movies and being a producer on different films and meeting people at film festivals and stuff that then allowed us to do the distribution by ourselves without using agents. Amazing. And you got some good ones as well. Yeah. 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 Very lucky. And people talk about film festivals a lot and they sort of say, oh, I'm not sure, uh, you know, about film festivals. But it's just proven here. The more you go to film festivals, yeah. the more people you meet. Even if you don't have a film in the program. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. 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 You it's understand so important it. to go. Yeah, mm. Eventually you might. And these people could be helpful. Yeah. Yes, yeah. for sure. I've, I've heard I've heard some very contrary like opinions and I don't I don't agree with them. Like, you know, don't go to film festivals. Don't take your films there because it will upset the distributors and all this kind of stuff. But it's like you meet good distributors at film festivals. Yeah, how else you meet, are they going to see it? Well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I've always thought it's like the best thing to do until you've got distribution is to go to film festivals because it just increases the profile of the film. And, and you know, you get yeah. good reviews, reviews, you get everything. Good, oh, good people yeah. Yeah. seeing about I mean, it, talking about it. Like, yeah. And also like Keeps an, the film's an life early going, audience. Right. Like, like, I mean, I'm still, I was literally 20 minutes ago raving about Cretia and then I saw it at South by Southwest and it's like, I, I'm going to carry that experience my, for the rest of my life. Like that was, so, I'm, I am the biggest commercial of that film than A24 is, you know, it's like, <laughs> Like, yeah. Probably literally, uh, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's bad. Like going to film festivals, you get to be inspired by the next season of artwork, and you get to encourage other filmmakers to continue to do stuff. I fucking love film festivals. It's such a great place to be. I've missed them for the last yeah. year and a half. Yes, it's um, been so yeah, satisfying to finally screen it for for an audience. We haven't been able to Real do it. Yeah, so. we had no test screenings on, on so Wolf of we Like, is this funny? Is anyone going to laugh? Yeah, this beta like, test. We had no yeah. test screenings, and so we didn't know if it was going to work. We didn't know if the opening scene was going to be too graphic. People were going to fucking walk yeah. out. Yeah. Um, 
they weren't. People are perverts. <laughs> yeah, um, of course. But but it's been really wonderful to to see it with people on screen at you know to Grimfest in Manchester. Mm. Like, oh yeah, well, we just I just went there. Okay, cool. Yeah, it was great. It's yeah. such a nice festival. Like you you really get looked after. It's yeah, very, it's oh, very oh, it was so much fun. Yeah, it was yeah. so much fun. Yeah, did you do the axe throwing? I didn't. No, I did. I missed the axe throwing. Yeah, I was just there for the first time for the screening. But yeah, it was a blast. Manchester was fun and and screened really well. It was a first time screening for people uh, made him sign autographs they yeah. like sit at yeah, the table that, that was great. Great. Yeah. it was great and people were so enthusiastic and but they should be you're brilliant in the film you both oh, thank are you, but you really thank are you. I think that's a, the relationship between the two of you and it, it oh, shows so cool. I didn't know you were best, best friends, friends before this yeah I had an inkling yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, real chemistry on. Yeah, there. we showed up on set day one. And we're like, okay, oh, hey. <laughs> is this guy gonna be my? Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this well, are you gonna make this difficult? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, no, I'm so glad to hear you say that. I'm glad yeah. like our chemistry comes across. I mean, we're writing a bunch of other stuff where we're acting in it together, and so mm, it's nice yeah. to have this as kind of a commercial for doing more acting stuff. Together. Well, let's so talk about nice. that. Let's talk about next. Let's talk about yeah. what you've learned. More importantly, from this one that you're gonna take to the next yeah. one. Oh man. Uh, we've learned it's all bullshit. Uh, and that you can <laughs> you you can actually do it yourself. That's I mean we've always we've always known that, but it's nice to have it be proven. Yeah. Um I think really the thing that I learned with this one, doing the Wolf of Snow Hollow, at any given time there's fifty people on set and like there's so it was, it was like taking an aircraft carrier to the grocery store. It was so big. Anytime you just need a single fucking shot, you You're can't gonna get scare it some people. Because it's yeah. so yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a frightening image. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um America. Oh, uh, yeah, no. Uh, but you but, can't do but, anything anymore. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 no, do, doing this film, we had at any given time six members of crew, and it was like a very small thing. But the movie feels so much bigger than than the other. It feels like so it's it's just as eloquently made as Wolf of Snow Hollow. And so my big takeaway is you can make movies for bigger budgets, but it should still be this core of very talented people. It doesn't need to be enormous, and it's worse if it is. It's harder to make that movie yep. with fifty people on set yep. than it is to do it this way. Because you can't if you suddenly go, oh, I want to move the camera here on a big movie. You're not allowed to do that. You're not you touch the camera. Yeah. It's really There's frustrating. There's so many yeah. rules. Yeah. There's so many rules yeah. and like you have to tiptoe around set yeah. and everything. Or you have to like, if yeah. someone who's like to your left, you can't ask them something directly because there's like a, you got to yeah. communicate on the yeah. headset to someone over there who then has to communicate to them. It's, to them. it's very corporate and you have to be very proper and yeah, mm. it's not a conducive environment it's to be not. creative. There's yeah. a moment on Wolf of Snow Hollow, it's three in the morning, it's freezing cold and I want to get this quick shot of Hannah opening the sliding door of the van. It's, a, it's in the trailer. It's a very simple shot. Um, it shouldn't have taken as long as it did, but the camera move has to move with the movement of the thing and slam. It's like a Fincher kind of thing. It's like a, a jump scare opening. It was like the visual language was supposed to be there and it wasn't working. And I just, it was just like, it's an insert. Just give me the fucking camera. I could just grab the camera and do it. And if we were on an indie set and that frustration became ambition in me to be like, cool, we're going to do it. It's completely different the next time. We're not, I'm never going to want to feel that frustrated ever again. And in working with Ken, we never were. It was like, he was working with our tempo. It was the fastest fucking setups and I love the look of the film. It feels so meticulous and forensically shot. Mm -hmm. um, it feels like Parasite or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, and it has to be on an indie film. It really has to be quick. You haven't got time yeah, to mess time. around and go, well, I can't move this because. Yeah. Because if I don't... if You, you just, just lose the shot. You lose the shot. If you're like we're shooting in this hotel room now, we've now got to turn everything around and we're all the crew behind yeah. us. If you don't pick up shit and move shit, <laughs> yeah. you're yeah, not yeah, going to yeah. make your you're day. Yeah, exactly. Move yeah. trousers. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's true, you, you won't get it. And I, I, an indie filmmaker sometimes don't see it. they go oh I'll jump straight to a feature and I'll wait no at the end of the day when it comes to you've got five minutes and you know 
you've got three shots. Yeah. If you ain't running, you're not going to make it. Gonna yeah. make the it. film's going to suffer. Yeah. There's a good quote from David Fincher. He's talking about seven, but he says, uh, you don't know what directing is until you've got five shots left to get and the sun's going down and you're only going to get two. Yeah, mm. that's directing. You've suddenly got to choose. And what I, I do this, I at the start of my day, I'll plan all my shots and then I'll know which ones I can get rid of. What's the most important and stuff like yeah. that. Was that the same with you guys on this? Was it kind of make- We were lucky. We got day. almost everything. Oh, yeah, there was one only like day, one day where we had to cut stuff. The Malibu uh, house party yeah. was, we had like 17 shots that we wanted to get. And then uh, it, we had lunch and then it was like, we, we shot early in the morning. We shot the shooting scene of Raymond getting shot in the front driveway. Mm. And then we're also shooting the party scene, this like art gala they go to. Um, and it, we just didn't have enough time. And we had 35 extras. And Natalie came up to us after we were a little bit slow to get the stuff that we got um, halfway through the day. Uh, and she said, if we go 10 minutes overtime, we have to pay everybody overtime. And that's going to cost about four grand. And we were like, okay. And she was like, that means we won't be able to get the lenses that we need or like something tomorrow. And I was like, oh, fuck, we got to do it. And so PJ and I flipped the script upside down and we wrote on the back of all the rest of the shots that we wanted to get. And we started crossing. The I was like, no, I can do that in the garage. I can get this stuff later. I can come back and maybe mm -hmm. shoot this thing. I can do that on my Sony a7. We can do Yeah, we'll figure that. And like literally doing the building the plane while we're flying it. Yes. Of like, yes. Oh, what do fuck. we need to make sure the story makes sense? Yeah, like, what's yeah. To land yeah. this day so that we can do tomorrow so we can make tomorrow happen. Yeah. And we cut probably four shots. There were moments where it was like one of our best friends, Thomas Cross, uh, was a was a production assistant on the film or a coordinator on the film and he we dressed him up in his suit we we're gonna have this whole thing with him it was very funny he was like being an agent he was like uh you know people love tom hanks he's got a dark side and he was like doing this this whole thing <laughs> that was so funny and i was like we got to have that at the party we had this bit and then we looked at thomas and immediately he was like sorry i know man. it i'm cut was he cross but but the joke is he's in the film about a hundred times oh, okay. and he does walk in front of the camera so we always call that a thomas cross oh, oh, like, oh, even better, yeah. even better. Yeah. Nice. good work good work nice. and I th I, that's what it is in the film you really have to think outside the box all the time and hey like you say you're you're directing it starring in it editing it you you know if you need an insert picking up a glass you can probably shoot that in your house right you can oh, grab yeah. the camera a lot of that kind of stuff later, yeah. so much of the film uh that's in the final cut is uh, is pr principal photography but so many tiny things that we got we did is accents as soon as we found out the visual language of the film and the edit of like if you're talking about the medici family you can cut two shots of florence and these big expensive houses and we're like oh it can be like casino it can be like a scorsese edit if we wanted to let's do that this is working for the sequence let's do it throughout the film so then we got like 360 shots of pj in the backyard using facebook and then doing 360 shots on drone of the Facebook offices and all of that was so inexpensive. It was like the least expensive stuff that we got, but it just made, it elevated the movie in mm -hmm. such a way, it like changed the visual or editing language of the film. Um, and we were able to shoot that in my backyard. It was amazing. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, so to, just some um, advice for indie filmmakers out there. Now you've, you've you, I feel like you guys, like I said before, blazing the trail. And I really do. Everyone has heard about you in the UK. Everyone knows about what you've been up to and what's going on. And people are very excited by the beta test there's no question about it seeing what you guys are up to what advice do you think or advice you're giving your younger self let's do both questions if you don't mind yeah i mean so 
just because we're in the UK, I feel like I have to talk about this, but most of the times when I meet filmmakers out here, um, they are waiting for the lottery. They're waiting for a grant mm. to come in to be able to make their film. And we don't have anything like that in the United States. And so-, so <laughs> We don't really have anything. <laughs> 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 we just think we do. <laughs> uh, but, but, but in talking to filmmakers, they spend sometimes years waiting for this stuff to happen instead of making something on their own. Um, and in America, that's more commonplace. Like there are more influences like the Duplass brothers who are like, yeah, it doesn't matter what fucking camera you shoot it on. Just go do the thing and shoot it in, you know, your friend's place or whatever. Um, make it work. Make a studio from your home. Uh, that's possible now. And so like, it's weird where I come here and I talk to filmmakers and there's just fewer movies that are getting made because people don't have those influences. So I guess like my first advice is to actually do that. Run a Kickstarter campaign. Do exactly what the Americans are doing because if you did, you would be far more successful because nobody else is doing that out here. And like you would be, there's power in numbers. Like if you can do it by yourself and create a studio on yourself, you will have a much better career than if an American started doing that. Mm. And yeah, don't be afraid to do weird stuff in your, in your movies like don't be afraid to tell weird stories like I think one of the greatest things for me yeah. is like we swung for the fences on this one putting a lot of things together yeah. and it worked and I think uh, yeah take risks do because I think there's an appetite mm. for, for off kilter things and strange stuff and uh, I don't know tell your complicated stories they're fun and then personally like what I wish I had heard um, I think I was making movies when I was younger in college kind of egotistically or like I was hoping that the film would get into a film festival and then like I would seem you know progressive at the Q&A or whatever and I'm seeing this <laughs> as this like epidemic that's happening yeah. in yeah. films specifically short films as well where people are doing it like a public service announcement instead of a fucking short film and uh, it's funny where when we go to film festivals sometimes the film the films that are winning at film festivals are the weird graphic shit where it's like it's something that is counter you know against the grain because um, they're fun because yeah. they're funny or weird or or bad or like it's, it's like risky <laughs> yeah. or whatever yeah. to do yeah. that stuff and that's the stuff that's getting celebrated and I, I that would be the advice that I would, I would have given my younger self it's like that you can make something that is graphic and big and that's what audiences like love that this is uh, Jim Cummings thank you very much PZ thank McCabe you. thank you so much you guys did fantastic thank you guys thank remember you get us. out there and make your film if you're lucky enough to rise up and do well it's your duty to send the elevator back down go out there make your films be inspired by, by this please go do it um, we will see you next Tuesday as always Jim thank you thank you for having us PJ thank you thank you guys Dom thank you no piss off <laughs> <laughs> uh, take care everyone put your trousers back on Joe. <laughs> oh, <laughs> done you're not my bromance anymore <laughs> mate. it's done uh, take care everyone bye 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 all good <laughs> even if you do have bad ideas transfer them with <laughs> good ideas make Bad ideas make for good films. Do they? <laughs> Sprout Boy. Carstigen Man, Carstigen Man, will come and get you how a Carstigen Man can. He'll make you eat all the meat and squish your face if you're a vegetable that produces sulfur from its vegetables <laughs> like from its orifices. Feces. Yeah, I think the jingle needs work. I think this needs work. <laughs> I think you this need work. This whole concept needs work. Let's just rethink the podcast. Start again. <laughs> 
hello and welcome <laughs> to this podcast on infrared forehead thermometers. <laughs> yes, Today, I like it. we'll be talking to the manufacturer Seajoy about how they made their specifications and display resolution. And we'll be talking to Barry, our local expert, on whether you should re- measure just above at the top of the forehead or near the brow. <laughs> More on that later. And what is an acceptable number? Join us in the episode after this. <laughs> this episode was not sponsored by Seajoy. <laughs> Other infrared forehead thermometers are available. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dickheads. <laughs>